Good morning and welcome to the Robin Report. I'm your host, Elliot Robin, so get ready to get triggered. Good morning and welcome to the very last episode of The Rabin Report. Um, I'm your host, Elliot Rabin, as you might have heard in our intro. Uh, and with me, as usual, for the last time this season, I have my expert panel, Marshall, Adam, and Daniel. How are you guys? Good. Doing very well. Bittersweet. <laughs> bittersweet. Very bittersweet. Exam season's up, Exam so. Sweet, yeah. That's true, yeah. Exam sweet. Nice, nice. So, um, today we started at uh, 11 a.m. exactly uh, to give you one entire hour of content. Um, on top of that, we're going to skip our five-minute recap of the week because this will be the episode you talk to your grandkids about. <laughs> um, at least I will. I don't know about you guys. but uh, So today's topic, free speech. In order to really talk about this subject in full depth, we brought on two very special guests. The first is one of the founders of Students Supporting Free Speech at York University, Priyank Dasa, I hope I said that right. And uh, the second is a popular contributor to the Rebel uh, Media, Jay Faza. So welcome to the show, guys. <laughs> Where are the cameras? So many of them. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there you are. You're on camera now. So um, thank you guys for coming on today. This episode, we're going to dig deep into the concept of a free speech. Um, and how it differs from hate speech, and how free speech is interpreted on college and university campuses. Um, this is a very controversial issue uh, we're going to discuss, and what better way than to do it on our last episode. Whatever everyone says, whether everyone says what they'd like, or I suppress everyone by cutting their mics, it'll <laughs> be a great show. Uh, now, before we get to the questions, we are live on spiritlive.ca and Facebook Live, so you can tune in to us there and message us live on our Facebook page to have your thoughts read live on air by Marshall. Wherever you are, whatever you think, we want to hear it. So, without further ado, let's begin our final episode. Uh, the first question is directed at our guests. Uh, why don't you both tell our audiences a little about yourselves? Priyank, let's start with you. Hi, so uh, my name is uh, Priyank Dasa. I, uh, I'm an undergrad student at uh, York University. I'm uh, studying political science. And um, a, few of, uh, a, few of my, a few of us at uh, York and myself, we actually have uh, started uh, the Students for Supporting Free Speech at York University. So, as many would know, there is the UFT. There is the UFT group, and what we've done is now created a York University group, and we're hoping we will have one, you know, at Ryerson, at other universities as well across Canada. And uh, there's because you know right now in this current climate, there's a there's a there's a need for free speech groups on uh, campuses, especially in Canada, and they seem to be absent. And uh, you know, uh, there's a change happening, and it's uh, you know great to be part of that. Awesome, thank you. And uh, Jay, let's let's hear about you. Uh, sorry, I can't really hear you on my microphone. Oh, you can't. Sorry, on my headset. Oh, okay. Not really getting anything right now. I did Same hear you because you're in the other room. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
So if you want me yeah. to talk about myself, that's fine. But yeah. I, don't, I don't hear what you're saying exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, your headset. Yeah. Talk. Go ahead. Tell us about yourself. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, we're just going to... Uh, I'll just talk to you guys a bit yeah. while we're just fixing that issue. Got no audio. No audio at all. Uh, no there audio should be there should be a spirit. Well, I do one. hear what you're. I do hear what you're saying. Yeah, you're in the other room, but I'm spirit. not hearing you on the headset. Oh, okay. Um, there's a spirit one little knob, and make sure they turn it up. Can you guys hear me now? It's all the way up. It's all the way up. That is weird. Try spirit two. There's spirit two knob. Yeah. Is that better? Can you hear us now? Nothing. No? Nothing. That's mm. awkward. Okay, we'll uh, we'll just keep the door open. How's no that? Works. We'll keep this door open. For now, I guess. We'll and hopefully, they'll be able to hear what we're saying. Yeah, yeah we hear what we're saying. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, uh, Jay, why don't you tell us about yourself? Yeah, so uh, I work for Rebel.media, uh, which is a news corporation online, uh, new alternative media that's coming out. We lean mostly conservative, but in the American context, we'll be... A little bit even more liberal because we are at the end of the day Canadians uh, but tell me more about myself I go to McMaster University I study political science economics and statistics and philosophy and besides that I'm a huge free speech advocate huge pro-life advocate and just separate interests are in technology and um, audiovisual production that kind of stuff but I suppose what you're really interested in is uh, my policies on free speech, which I'm a huge free speech advocate, not only McMaster, but on UFT's campus as well. Awesome. That's great to hear. And we're, we're very lucky to, uh, to have you on our show today. Mm. So to our first real question, what is or what constitutes free speech? I'd like my regular panelists to answer first before we get to our special guest. So guys, what is the answer? Uh, <clears throat> I'll, I'll go first. Um, I I never really in in my head free speech was just saying whatever you wanted, however you wanted, wherever you wanted, uh, for a long time, and then um, the idea of of people's safety and people's beliefs and people's um, you know well being in terms of hearing that free speech and in hearing you know certain things that could you know be 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 trigger warnings or be um you know very harsh on the ears and and such and such sort of refine my idea of free speech and um i haven't really been too critical about this for too long so i'm still drawing where hate speech starts and free speech ends in my head um and uh turns trying to sort of vet out my biases towards certain issues that i'm even sensitive about but for me, free speech is, you know, I, I believe that everybody has the right to their own beliefs, um, even if they are in total opposite of mine. If I'm giving an example, I'm very sort of pro-Palestine, as, as they would call me, even though I wouldn't be considered pro-Palestine under some, um, you know, contexts. But if somebody believes that, you know, there are some or uh, radical ultra-Orthodox plans that, you know, the Arabs of Israel should be transferred to Palestine, and in, in general, the Palestinians should be completely exiled, and Israel should just take over. And if you have that belief, then I think you have that right to the belief. And if you are to present it in a professional manner, I think there's no harm in that. But if you go around with signs of dead Palestinian children and, you know, in support of that, and you're walking around and screaming in my face, then I have a problem with that. Um, and I think that. Uh, that's where free speech for me at this point in my sort of 
A Critical Life has uh, ended and hate speech has begun. Um, it, basically, um, if in summary, if you're not a dick about your beliefs, then I think that you have your right to free speech. But when you become a dick, then I think you lose it and it becomes hate speech. I think for me personally, it's just uh, what I view as like in comparison to the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, which is just Section 2. I think that's just something that every Canadian should uphold in terms of the right of expression, of your opinion and your belief. And also that also constitutes in terms of the freedom of the press so that you should be able to express your opinion without of any fear of any particular judgment specifically from the government. But you should be able to have... Um, be able to take and accept criticism from others and I think that's just very very important so no matter if an example with uh, what Adam was saying if you're pro-Israel pro-Palestine you should be able to express those opinions and and more importantly you should be able to express those opinions with other people in a proper educated um, formal discourse manner I guess that was a bad way to phrase it but yeah I think everybody should be able to talk about that and there's in terms of the line between hate, spe hate speech and free speech it's very what people are trying to change that particular type of opinion. Some people think that if you're criticizing or if you support one particular political candidate, you're automatically uh, ensuing hate speech or you're spewing hate speech, mm -hmm. which I don't agree with at all. And he says somebody supports uh, Stephen Harper back in the day. Like, no, you're not committing hate speech at all. That people who think that they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. What's <laughs> uh, so I'm a free speech absolutist. Um, you know, my views are relatively in line with the um, what's been established in Canadian law. Uh, free speech is the right to be able to uh, present any meaning, any thought, any opinion uh, in any way um, you want. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> the only time a line should ever be drawn is when your speech by latent effect is in violation of another law. So, for example, with harassment, with uh, a threat, with inciting violence. Um, one thing I've seen that detractors of free speech absolutism often bring up is the shouting fire in a crowded theater argument, which really doesn't apply. Shouting fire in a crowded theater is a call to action. It's a call to a dangerous action, specifically. It's a call for people to trample each other, for people to uh, evacuate a building in a hasty manner when there's really no need to. That is not simply expressing a opinion or a thought. That is a call to action. And um, that's something that a lot of people don't realize that is very important to consider when talking about free speech. Fair points. And now to our, our guests. What, what are your thoughts on uh, what constitutes free speech? Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm at Marshall on this. Um, I'm a free speech absolutist. I think uh, the way it's democratic societies work is we should be able to say whatever we want to say and that includes you know cr crazies like you know West Bar West Barrow Baptist Church or you know even more radical sort of groups like that because uh, as long as you know stuff is out there you're able to confront it and uh, talk about it honestly instead of it just you know sort of going underground and the problem I have with hate speech is that it's just too subjective and uh, there's yeah Every everybody defines hate speech uh, differently, and at the same time, like the government should not be telling you, you know, that you can't be hateful. Uh, you're a human being; you have the right to be hateful. That's my opinion on that. Mm -hmm. And Jay, uh, so for me, I think there are two approaches when it comes to free speech. There's the philosophical mindset, and there's the legalistic approach. Now, legally speaking, I, I disagree with the Canadian uh, laws as it's set in place currently with uh, definitions such as hate speech uh, applying towards um, 
free speech. So, for example, if you uh, if you were to say something hateful as a government employee, uh, there's a chance that you might be stripped away from your job, for example. And I, I disagree with that. There have, there have been cases where public school teachers, for example, they say something that is clearly offensive. Uh, and it's not that ju- they're ju- not just fired. They're not just, you know, they don't just strip their teaching licenses away or anything like that. They also face legal ramifications. And I completely disagree with that. I mean, if you are hateful against black people or if you're hateful against Jews, obviously I morally disagree with that sort of position. But uh, I would take it a step further and say, no, you have the right to say that in a free society. And I, I might disagree with you, but I'll fight very strongly to say that, no, you have the right to say that. Um, in terms of things like call to actions, for example, um, I take the approach whereas if a call to action will lead towards violence or if it was a call to action that led towards violence, you could definitely be legally responsible. But that kind of stuff is to be held up within a court of law. So, for example, simply yelling fire in a theater shouldn't be illegal. But yelling fire in a theater and then that leads to X and Y, that might, in a court of law, that might be um, something that a judge would actually rule against you on. Uh, so, in general, I, I take the free speech absolutist approach, legally speaking, uh, and that's primarily because I, that primarily attaches to the philosophical mindset. And the philosophical mindset, I think, is that free speech in and of itself is a means to an end. It is, it is the right to say whatever you want, what you want to say in a free society. Mm-hmm. And I think if we live in a free society, if we live in a democratic society, if we live in a society that upholds basic universal human rights, we have to live in a society that supports everyone's freedom of speech, no matter no matter what that speech happens to be. Um, and so it goes back to academia, it goes back to government, whereas if we silence others, um, <laughs> if we silence others, we might be silencing the truth. And the only way we could advance as a society is that we allow people in a free market to say and argue whatever they want. It sounds Spot like on, a quote. Yeah. Spot on. Sounds like a mm-hmm. quote from Jay Fazer, actually. Yeah? I think you've said that before. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. So we we touched. Uh, you all touched a little bit about on uh, the topic of hate speech. So my next question: How does free speech differ from hate speech? We mentioned it a bit, but let's go a little more in depth. Anybody can take this question. Personally, I don't feel like free speech differs from hate speech. Fundamentally, it's it's not. It's not as if there's anything in particular about kind of speech that's hateful or that's teasing an individual or that's criticizing an individual or that's just morally repugnant that differs from the idea of free speech. The concept of free speech is that you express yourself in however way you want to or however fashion you want to. And it's only when you're harming someone um, that that takes it to an extra step. So simply calling someone a nigger or simply calling someone a kike or anything like that, which is obviously offensive things to say, uh, that's not in and of itself that doesn't stray away from the concept of free speech. And so, yes, free speech encompasses what you would morally, what we would all morally find repugnant. Free speech encompasses things that, in many contexts, is abusive. But that's the world we live in, and that's how people speak to each other. So, yeah, to answer your question, I don't really see a difference between hate speech and free speech, fundamentally speaking. Yeah, I would, I would totally agree. And, you know, I've, I've said in the past that... Um, I don't think hate speech is a thing, and now I would not so much say that anymore. Hate speech is a thing, but my stance on hate speech is that, you know, I don't think it's natural to expect people not to hate. Um, hate is, is and can be very harmful. Um, 
but in the context of expressing your views, regardless of how deplorable what you're saying is, um, you know, I, I think <laughs> <laughs> I think there is no you are not an advocate of free speech unless you advocate for the speech of people you disagree with to be heard and to be said. It's a great point. Um, I think there's a there's a great I think it was. Um, uh, Andrew Jackson quote, I believe, on that, and I wish I could remember it because it's such a great quote. Um, but yeah, you know, I think um, hate speech, it is a thing, of course, and it's it's terrible, but um, if we are allowing the government to say that you cannot espouse these views, that you cannot express these views, who says that they aren't going, the government is not going to decide what is hate speech on their own, based on their own agenda, and decide to criminalize certain speech that simply is questioning their narrative, simply is questioning a common social narrative, the zeitgeist of the times. Um, and I, I think it's a really dangerous route to go down when you start um, legislating what is allowed to be said in any regard. The, mm -hmm. I, I don't necessarily disagree with any of what you've just said, which might get me some heat, but... Um, <laughs> Personally, what the problem, the one, the one very big problem that I find with free speech is that it gives, um, gives a lot of a holes out there a shield. If you're walking around with pictures of dead fetuses and you're just like, yeah, you know, I think abortion should be illegal, um, and then if you're confronted, you should, be, and then if you're confronted with uh, pro-choice people and, you know, and then you tell them, well, I think you should have been aborted because of your views, and that's happened. I've heard stories. Um, I think it's just a very big shield to hide behind, where these a-holes are like, yeah, man, free speech, I can say whatever I want, nah. and, and you know, I, I've learned a lot about what I sort of have come to realize is free speech from people like Marshall, who aren't a-holes. Um, oh, you're too kind. <laughs> and uh, you're not contributing to free speech by saying a hole. You should say asshole. Actually, on the air. <laughs> all right, you know, I'll, I, I, I'm about to say it. I'll suppress right. you. All right, um, basically, uh, people like Marshall and people like Jay and people like uh, Priyank, they, uh, they, 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 they're not bad guys. But a lot of bad guys and a lot of just mean and and rude people that are mean and rude for the sake of being mean and rude and don't really have uh, ideas to back up their beliefs, they sort of throw out all the, they spew all this, all this garbage, and they're like, oh yeah, man, free speech can't get me now. So I think that's my issue with free speech, and I think free speech it can actually be a cover for hate speech, because the two, as, as Jay said, they're fundamentally the same thing. It, it's just the protection of speech. It doesn't matter where you draw the line, as long as you protect all of it, then it is free well, speech. I, I don't think you actually disagree with... At least their right to say what they want to say, and no, fundamentally, no, I don't, I don't you're disagree. disagreeing with their ideas. No, I don't disagree with with how with with what they with what they want to say. I disagree with how they say it. And they're assholes. And they're you assholes. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. So that that's my, is, do you really want to live in a world where you're legislating against, where you're legislating respectfulness? Let's put it that way. Yeah. See, that's the thing, because every government can change about what they believe to be respectful or not. You saw with Harper that he repressed a lot of the uh, climate science. And, yeah, a big reason why I um, had a hard time supporting Harper yeah. is, um, you know, regardless of whether I agree with the speech, it's like as soon as you start uh, suppressing speech, it's um, automatically a huge Problem, red flag for me. For sure. yeah. mm -hmm. The thing is, you said, you said it's a, a shield for people who are assholes, and I agree with that, but it's also a shield for you. And that shield in and of itself is a protection for you to say what you want to say. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's like, yeah. yes, it, it shields bad beliefs and yes, it shields assholes, but it also shields good beliefs and it also shields people who are genuinely good. Yeah, I get that it comes. So like yeah. you can't have your cake and eat it too is yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> and it, it, it's very... It's very hypocritical for me to be like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm a fan of free speech, but I can't, I don't want certain people to have free speech, mm-hmm. and and that's a very arbitrary line for me to draw, who I determine is an asshole or not. Um, so so that's 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 a big uh, that's a big fallacy on my part, and you know, I was called out for that. Yeah, like for me personally, um, yeah. it's like it's not illegal to be a dick or to be rude and to be an asshole towards somebody, but. Um, it's very difficult just to draw that line between what is hate yeah. speech and free speech and stuff like that. But I think it's like, regardless of what side or what position you take, you should be able to have that respectful idea. An example, what you were talking about with uh, these uh, pro-abortion, sorry, these pro-life uh, advocates and stuff like that. I was, maybe like a couple months ago, they were had a couple signs like in front of the Ryerson bookstore. Mm-hmm. And I saw what they had. It was a picture of this dead fetus with all this blood over it and like, it was very graphic imagery and stuff like that. Now, I didn't like what I saw. Nobody, I don't think anybody would like to see a dead fetus that's like two or three months old, yeah. like just plastered onto the streets of Toronto. But um, instead of me just start getting all angry and stuff, I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you're you're spewing this bigotry." And so then I was like, "No, that's that's not going to solve the problem. That's not going to yeah. um, be able to cause any actual product solutions or have an actual honest conversation." I just started talking. I'm like, "Okay." Uh, why do you think that this is an appropriate action for you to uh, portray your beliefs? And they're like, oh, I just think uh, p- we've done research that shows that people that actually like, w- w- look at this graphic material, it does make them have a different perspective on their political perspective towards this particular topic. And I'm like, okay, that's a valid argument. Uh, what I was su- was I was suggesting is like, um, I know as a university campus, everyone here is an adult, right? So mm-hmm. at least I hope they're an adult in terms of beha- in their behavior. But adult is also very arbitrary. Yeah, <laughs> but. What I didn't like, or what I was talking is like, oh, like what what happens if like maybe a child walks by and they see this graphic imagery? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I would not want to see like an example if I had a child and I saw them walking around. They, I would not want them to see that just at such a young age because it would be traumatizing. Traumatizing, I mean, and I would a, have to, ex- and I would have to like explain here. the concept of abortion to somebody who's I mean, so here's young. The thing. You know, I mean, there's one time I came into Mac and I saw uh, anti-Syrian protests, okay. and I saw the bloody and bruised and beat up bodies of people mm-hmm. who were Syrian children. So regardless of what your opinion is on Syria, um, mm-hmm. you know, that made me uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Just seeing a bunch of dead children, that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. But that brought out their message forth and it got me thinking, oh, what is my opinion on Syria? Mm-hmm. And for, I'll give you another example of that. In the anti-slavery abolitionist movement, people, they put pictures of slaves in books and mm-hmm. in um uh, bars and taverns and that kind of stuff, right? Nobody wants to see a picture of a freaking beat up slave or, or yeah. a drawing of that kind of stuff. But it, it drove the message in that this is what this is what is an, an important issue in our society. Mm-hmm. So, regardless of what your opinion is on abortion in that case, the fact that they're able to show you what that image looks like and the fact it, it gets you thinking and it gets you really reevaluating your position. Mm-hmm. So. If those pictures are true, if those pictures, if that is an accurate representation, mm-hmm. that's either what you don't support or do support. And I guess the point is that connects it back to free speech. Mm-hmm. Is that if like, you I didn't like a, what I saw, but I still supported society, that they right? could do that. You in, know, in a, in a in a society that has a free market of ideas, yeah. you're gonna be confronted with beliefs that are abhorrent or beliefs you don't agree with or pictures that you don't agree with. But the point is, it gets you thinking. Yeah. And it, if they're yeah. wrong, if they're completely wrong, then have a debate, have that conversation, tell them about it. And then move forward. So hope like the the biggest 
like what is it called? The biggest disinfectant. Sunlight is the biggest disinfectant. Yeah, exposure. So they're exposing themselves and exposing their ideas. If they're wrong, if they're backwards, they've they've shown it, right? And we can have that conversation. Absolutely. When I was talking to them, I wasn't like. I wasn't trying to pick a fight like in what happened mm. yesterday here on campus or something like that. I was I was completely respectful. I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. let's let's have a discussion about this kind of stuff. And they were completely See, nice about how they did it. And I'm like, why can't we have these type of conversations? This is exactly what we should be able to do. Yeah. Like, I didn't agree with what she what what they were doing. I have like an example with my stance on like um, abortion stuff like that. There's some things that I do agree with and some things that I I don't agree with in terms of it's yes, it's legally we're allowed to do it but that doesn't make it morally and ethically mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. as people need to have an understanding that's like yeah you are as much as a week our government and our laws say that it's like okay and it's legal like things yeah. things before in the past have been legal but that doesn't make them exactly. okay an example like the jim crow laws and yeah. stuff like that or yeah. any type of discrimination towards somebody like that so they should be allowed to do that but we we have yeah. some viewer uh, comments yeah. um most of them are just uh hot some take, of them are compliments take, um and uh you know, I'd like to thank Sied, Laura, uh, Zagros, and Cody for watching and uh, and um, contributing. I like thank Zagros for waking me up. Yeah, this yeah special <laughs> thanks to Zagros. Uh, I appreciate that. And I'd like to address something our friend uh, and dedicated viewer Laura said. Uh, she said, "Oh, come on, Adam, really? Mean people are hate speech. Jesus Christ, you're either for free speech or against free speech." And I think that that's something that's important to address. And you know, I think um, I don't necessarily think Adam's, Adam's in the wrong. I, I don't think Adam's in the wrong. I think. We can all agree, it. or for the most part, we can all agree on um, the legality aspects of free speech. But I think it's still important to critique the you know social yeah. and cultural aspects of it. I think Adam made a great point. People, and I've noticed a lot of people on the right, do you know are so for free speech that they are just assholes. They are abrasive for the purpose of pushing the free speech thing. And I think it's great to push boundaries and to um, you know push the envelope to demonstrate the importance of free speech. But I think there comes a time when you are not lending your argument any credence. You are just being a bad person. Yeah. And would I ever want these people's speech to be legislated, legislated out of existence? No. Here's but do issue. I do I ask you as a as a person? Sorry, to I, I just want to yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I just want to. I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's I just okay. didn't want to. I wanted to get my point across before I forgot. Um, the problem, uh, what, what we just talked about about abortion. I just want to touch on it very very quickly. Um, you know, we. I, I think, and and you, and you're more than welcome to disagree with me on this. But I think we're very. I guess. I can't think of a of another word than privilege to have this sort of conversation here and be like, yeah, these these uh, posters um, sort of uh, re- re- made me reevaluate my idea on abortion, or other posters or other crude images made me reevaluate my idea on things. I don't necessarily, you know, d- disvalue that or disagree with that. The problem is that there are a lot of uh, a lot of uh, women and a lot of people on this campus that when they see these posters, they get. Um, they get uh, uh, uncomfortable. uncomfortable, and they get, you know, they get, they feel unsafe, and and they and they have to go to centers that Ryerson I mean, has opened. I mean, it's it's good that they're they're feeling uncomfortable though. You if like I, I, I don't I don't know how. Well, I, they're not they're not physically unsafe. No one is like 
threatening violence. No, but, but they would that, feel that like they're physically that unsafe. Right? They're 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 that it doesn't really matter if they're them, physically right? unsafe. It matters that they, they they don't feel like I cannot walk down yep. Gould Street with with a with a with a person that is is very troubled by these images, and we cannot feel the same level of safety. That's a very big issue for me, and I think that I'm I'm very privileged to sit here and be like, hey, you know, I, I feel very I can really evaluate my my thoughts on abortion with these people, but they feel unsafe, yeah, but, but and they don't the feel like they can to come deal to campus. With any sort of problem. The best way to deal with any sort of problem you have with um, graphic images or that kind of stuff is to actually explore it. Like, if you're working in, in psychotherapy, for example, uh, a person who is afraid to go on an elevator, the best way to deal with that problem is to tell that person, hey, uh, why don't you get get out of your house and why don't you look at the elevator if you're afraid of the elevators that much? Mm-hmm. Why, don't you, why don't you press the button of the elevator door? Okay, why don't you walk into the elevator and then walk out? Take baby right? steps. Mm-hmm. So yes, you yeah. take baby steps, right? If if that person is just so uncomfortable with the idea of abortion, maybe they've had an abortion or they're they're a victim. Yeah. Uh, maybe they maybe they've uh, they've they've experienced trauma. The best way to deal with that is to experience it. Now maybe now maybe the person who is showing the picture is doing it in a bad is doing a great injustice because they're showing it to a person who is they're taking baby steps and maybe that's not the right way to go, right? I guess that's I guess it's the argument that you're saying. Sort of a big out of the frying yeah. pan into the fire sort of situation. Yeah, yeah and that's that's a, that's a serious problem. But that that's that's not a justification to silence that person from saying or showing what they want to show. Because if you're in a free society, we shouldn't tiptoe over the the feelings of others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now we have a viewer comment, uh, a question from Syed Humza, and I'm a bit to really shill for Syed here because I, Syed's great. He's a practicing Muslim, and um, he, I think, is a wonderful example of uh, Islam being compatible with uh, the West. He's a he's a great modern Muslim. Thank you for your comments, Syed. Um, he says, what uh, is the line you define between criticism of Islam and an irrational hate towards the religion and its adherents? Uh, I'd like to start... And I think that if you say that you hate the ideology of Islam, I don't think that that's a hateful thing to say. And when we're talking hateful, I mean hateful in a morally reprehensible way. I think that it's reasonable to hate a lot of the tenets that come with it. I think when you start to say you hate Muslims, when you start to devalue, um, dehumanize Muslims, I think that's that's a totally separate thing. I think that there is a difference between Islam, the religion, Islam, the ideology, is and Muslims, the the people, Muslims, the ethnic group, and Muslims, the uh, the followers of Islam. Um, and so I think to criticize Islam, to criticize the ideologies that come with it, the um, the Prophet Muhammad and uh, the views he espoused and the things he did, as documented in the Quran and the Hadith. Um, I think that that's totally valid, and I think that that's important. But when you start to say that you don't like Muslims or that you think Muslims are bad people, that's, um, for me, a problem. And, of course, you should be allowed to do it, mm-hmm. but it's not something I agree with. I think it's something that I would encourage people not to do. So, Priyank, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. no You've been I, rather rather quiet. Do you have any thoughts on, uh, on yeah, this? Yeah, actually, d- uh, talking about, you know, sort of, uh, you know, criticism of Islam and, you know, so ideas do not have the same protections that people do. So that's one thing to sort of hate on people and to be violent towards people. But ideas like it are it's like a free fall. Everyone should be able to ask critical about everything as possible. And speaking about the matter, there was actually this interesting event this past uh, weekend uh, where they had a Muslims against M103, mm-hmm. and there was actually uh, there was like uh, say 300, 400 people. It was quite like you know it was uh, packed to capacity. 
most of the crowd were seemed to be Muslim themselves. And there's an understanding that, uh, like the term Islamophobia, it that that term came came about because it was it came through the Muslim Brotherhood and then it was adopted by uh, the Human Rights Commissioner in the UK, who then you know um, regretted doing that. But that originally meant besides criticism, you know, being hateful of Muslims, it what it also meant it included was being critical of Islam. And there are a lot of Muslims who realize that hey, you know, within our community we have different levels of you know conservative Muslims there's that slew of like super radical and then there's like you know largely moderate and you know very liberal and reformer muslims and they understand that you know free speech is in their favor it is it is something that that's required to sort of do what has happened in the christian world and the Juda and the and in judaism where you know we can be critical about religion and help you know progress it and so it's very important that uh, it be there for especially for religions and Adam, you wanted to say something in regards to that as well? Um, I feel like if I don't get cut off, I'm going to talk for the next uh, 28 minutes. But Okay, thanks for talking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll be, I'll be brief. And I say that and I lie every time. Um, the problem with, with that is that I think there's so many dimensions to this whole anti-Islam uh, move, movement, I would say. It's, it's a lot of deep-rooted anti-Arabism. When, when, when I confront people about being... When I confront a lot of anti-Islam people about Islam, and I and I mention that you know there are Bosnian Muslims, Albanian Muslims, and many American white Muslim converts, they sort of look at me and they're like, "What?" And uh, I think that it's it's more a race issue rather than a, rather than a, a religion issue. I think that uh, a lot of people don't really know a lot about Islam, and they know you know the the very the three hot topics of Islam is Muslims hate gays, Muslims want to take over the world, and then Muslims did 9-11. Like, that's the, the three number one things that you hear from people that are very anti-Islam. And um, I think that if you're, if you're going to, you know, character slander, as uh, the, this term has become very popular, a few bad apples uh, versus a whole religion, then you, you have a problem. That's the distinction that I think is, is very prevalent. If you are, are educated and you have, you know issues with with some of what is mentioned in the Quran then I think that you like be that's not necessarily being anti-islam that's being critical you, you don't you you won't meet a Muslim and hate them immediately or you won't meet a practicing Muslim and hate them immediately but if you say things like Islam is donkey shit and I've heard that from people <laughs> I disagree with it absolutely completely but I've heard that from people just they just yell that in the street and yeah you know, a lot of people especially now in Europe um, they, they've said things very similar, and I think, you know, that, like, you're, you're not an educated person. Y you can't say stuff like that, one, because it's immoral, and two, because you have nothing to back it up. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the distinction The thing is, the, for, the thing me. is for me, I, I would say no idea is above scrutiny. No people are beneath dignity. And so what I mean by that is, I think Majad said it very eloquently when he said it on Big Think. But I, I think what I mean by that, that a great is... Big Think. You would say it's a philosophy channel, YouTube. What I mean by that is you would like you, you insult people's ideas, you criticize people's ideas, you criticize their thought process, you don't criticize who they are as a person and as a being. And so that's why I make the distinctions. So when people say Islam is dog shit or anything like that, well, that doesn't mean they're saying Muslims are dog shit or the Muslims are bad people, or that doesn't mean they're being racist. But a lot just, of the times they that do. Just, yeah, and it's 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 unfortunate because they're 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 blurring the distinction between ideology and person, mm -hmm. whereas 
you could be a person and you could have <laughs> you could be a person of any race and you could be a person of any creed and still have perverse ideas right I mean like like I don't want to get into the debate of Islam, right? Because there's a lot of aspects and a lot of criticism of Islam. But the problem I find with people who are liberal is that they group together people who are critical of Islam with people who are legitimately bigoted of Islam. Mm -hmm. And the problem with that is it, it, it kind of creates people who are – who it kind of creates an atmosphere where people are afraid to actually criticize Islam and provide legitimate criticism. But also it creates an atmosphere where people are – it's like the people who criticize Islam – you almost have to be a certain kind of person to criticize Islam mm -hmm. at that point. You you almost have to be have a to bigot be because you, also, you almost have to take that <laughs> yeah. road, right? Because like you get the crazies who legitimately hate Muslims and Islam. If you're going to silence the people who are critical of Islam, mm -hmm. you know, once you silence Sam Harris, people like Sam Harris, who's who's left? The people who are willing to take that extra step and be actually racist and be you know le legitimately bigoted. So for me personally, I have so much, so many criticisms of Islam because I don't like Islam as a religion. Never liked it. But the problem is, well, people say, oh, well, you're just bigoted against Muslims. No, I make the distinction between ideology and the person and the being. But see, like, an example, what you just said right now is some people are going to take that yeah, as if you're being Islamophobic or something, mm -hmm. or as and if you're bigoted towards Muslims. On the term... Which, it's not necessarily what you were saying. It's whatsoever. bullshit because you, yeah. you wouldn't make that sort of distinction if we're talking about Catholicism or Christianity. Mm -hmm. but, when I insult yeah. Christians in Catholicism, yeah. and I do, um, <laughs> okay. it's like people... Which you should, right? <laughs> it's like people... Insults all around. People, they don't make that distinction. It's, it's, and, it's, and it's ridiculous because they've accepted the meme that being critical of Islam is also being critical of Arabs as a people. Mm -hmm. When the reality is that's not, just not the case. Absolutely. The same thing we, like, have, uh, yeah. we have a question from uh, Humphrey, and this is a great question, actually. Humphrey says, does that mean that you don't believe in the term Islamophobia? I believe that was directed at me. And that's something that I think is uh, very important to bring up. I think we need to stop clinicalizing these ideologies. I think... You know, when when something's a phobia, it's an irrational fear. It's actually a clinical condition yeah. to say, um, to say Islamophobia or homophobia or transphobia. I think you need to stop. People need to stop acting like anything that is uh, a criticism of such such things is an irrational fear. Is a phobia. It's not a phobia. Um, you know, there's a. I believe it's a Morgan Freeman quote saying, you know, uh, homophobia is not a phobia. It's just being an asshole. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah, that there know, is, yeah. um, you know, he has a point in a way, but he also ignores the fact that you can criticize, for example, criticize gay culture. You can uh, criticize Islam. You can criticize uh, the transgender um, movement, so to speak. Um, and you do not have a fear. You do not have an irrational fear if you have an issue with something. To clinicalize all of this is so dangerous. They I use find. the word phobia, which is a, a medical and clinical term. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they di diagnosis to people who are legitimately critical of Islam, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah. Who are, sorry, legitimately bigoted and people who are critical of Islam, right? An example somebody who has like a fear of like arachnophobia or something like Some people who like see a spider, they will literally start like screaming. Yeah. Like and maybe it is maybe it like truly that. is irrational to like some to people maybe hate gay it, it, that's completely irrational to just hate gay people, yeah. right? Yeah. But there's a difference between hating a person and hating the idea. And so at least Muslimophobia makes a little bit more sense because at that point you're actually talking about a person, whereas Islamophobia, you're, you're yeah. being critical mm -hmm. of a set of beliefs and, and ideas, right? The, pro the problem, And it's, it's yeah. rational to be 
critical of that. And it's rational to disagree but with the, the Islam. Prob- the problem with that is that there are a lot of people that are just general Islamophobics. Like, I remember when... Uh, when uh, I just call those people bigots. I don't call yeah. them Islamophobics. Yeah. I just... Those are... If they're if like if they're critical of Islam, then yeah, okay, you're critical of Islam. But if they just hate brown people, then they're no, just no. But bigoted you're, you're in saying general. that we shouldn't use the term Islamophobia because the uh, the the, phobia, it makes the term no sense itself is, is an I'm irrational saying. fear. But, I'm saying it's yeah. not irrational to disagree with the tenets of Islam. No, but there it's are. It's not even irrational to hate it. To be honest with you, that's what I think. I don't. If, if you have, if you've done your research and you have a certain amount of beliefs that you can hate the religion, then I think you know go for it. And oh, wait, yeah, I, that's, I can't harm that yeah. right. But a lot of people, like I remember when Mershira Ali came out and talked about his conversion to Islam, there were a lot of people on Twitter that were like, I'm going to stop watching his movies. He's Muslim. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. Like, and that's silly. That's yeah. really silly. And, that, and that's an Islamophobe for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's well, so, I mean, like, I, then, then we go into the distinction, oh, it's radical Islam that we don't like. Versus, so, yeah, but you know, a lot of people so don't I know do, that distinction. Yeah. I do want to. People just group him, yeah. paying like a mm-hmm. huge a brush few bad apples. I'll yeah. say that again and again. Yeah. I do want to shift the conversation over a bit because we could talk about you know the idea of Islamophobia, Muslims, in an, for an entire show. Radicalization. I, yeah, I want to shift the conversation to freedom of speech on college and university campuses because that's a big, Ooh. big thing. Mm. So my question: How free? Is freedom of speech on college and university I think we campuses let Priyank, uh, these yeah, days? Yeah, sure. let's start with Priyank. He's you go to York University. Here. How bad is it there, or how good is it there? We don't know. I think I gave it's it away, bad. but how how is uh, it? So yeah, how so bad. York I'd say is uh, pretty bad. Not as bad maybe as Ryerson, but like mm-hmm. I think uh, Ryerson yeah. and York is like mm-hmm. among the worst in the countries. Probably. Uh, it's just that because uh, uh, I mean most universities are super ideologically to the left, and I I try I, I don't know I. I I don't know if I still am on the left at this point, but I still like to think of myself as a liberal. It's hard, isn't it? To ex- <laughs> yeah, to exactly. Like maintain with those values. Just just take the good values from liberalism yeah. and then just adopt that to conservatism. I mean, that's what I've done. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people are doing nowadays. <laughs> like a, like a yeah, I don't, I don't hate gays and, uh, you know, yeah. I... Because, uh, <laughs> uh, like, free, like free, free speech was a liberal <laughs> value and it's, you know, something that was fought for by the left in universities mm-hmm. in the 70s. You know, at Berkeley, we had, we had the famous uh, free speech fight. And now it seems that the new free speech fight is coming from the right, and the new authoritarians are people on the left. And unfortunately, that's the case we've seen across universities. You know, like uh, with the you know, pro uh, pro life people trying to uh, uh, you know talk about their stuff. They're getting you know, uh, I, I don't know like uh, like what ha- the situation that happened yesterday. I don't know why security didn't come in and you know protect their mm-hmm. right to speak. Uh, similarly, we've had like you know incidences uh, with like f- pro-life uh, groups being shouted at York. Um, we've had a newspaper banned uh, from campus, and I think the federal government actually some MP had a part to do in that as well. Um, there's just the there's a general climate of you can't speak certain stuff. Uh, me, you know, I, I luckily have the I have like the brown privilege where <laughs> I can say stuff and not get like this knee-jerk yeah. reaction of being racist. <laughs> And uh, unfortunately, a lot of people, like I study political science, um, people just don't feel like they can express themselves in tutorial or in during lectures. And then we'll meet, you know, uh, during smoke breaks or after class, and it's like, hey, I actually think this, blah, blah, blah. And it, that whole atmosphere is just not conducive to what university is supposed to be. Well, here's the thing. They, fir- they first come after people who are hateful right people that everyone morally disagrees with so they, they stamp out nazis and whatever so great that's okay they did that right and then they went after people they ideologically disagree with like people who are pro-life and then people who are part of the men's rights groups right 
And then they just keep creeping and creeping and creeping and keep taking away these groups, which is we're now talking about this now because they're starting to attack groups that are that people agree with. Like, because I'm pro-life and I agree with a lot of the tenets of their group, right? But <laughs> as they keep doing this and as they keep censoring people, we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna wake up to a world where even having the most mundane liberal opinion mm-hmm. is gonna be censored. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have any sort of opinion in like people like right now, they're going after people who believe in free speech. They're going after free speech groups. Mm-hmm. Why? Because that's that's an affront to them censoring the groups that they want to censor. Mm-hmm. And so they're gonna soon censor. Uh, certain nationality groups are going to censor the like if Israeli, one falls in the other groups, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. They're going to censor probably Jewish groups later. Mm-hmm. But like yeah. you know, they just keep coming and coming and coming and coming and keep trying to create their own little world within universities and mm-hmm. try to dissent. When the reality is, people are different. We all disagree with each other. Mm-hmm. We should mm-hmm. all live in a world yeah. where we the, have and, a free marketplace. Yeah. And I think that that really rings true that everything's being censored because. Honestly, I thought that this show would be censored, um, at least after the first season, because it's very, you know, not to, you know, like, gloat or make ourselves look great, but this show is very different from any other show that's on Spirit Live. We actually talk about, you know, uh, there are amazing shows on on Spirit Live. There's no questioning that. But this show really talks about the important issues affecting our lives that people are too scared to talk about. And I felt that because... Ryerson is very liberal in, or at least very one-sided in political views, I thought that this show would get censored. So I'm, I'm very glad that we're able to have this discussion mm-hmm. here. I actually, I ran with a progressive slate for the RSU, and I, I, I don't the, regret... Don't put it in there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't regret that decision. The people that I ran with are very good people, and I'm very happy that they, they, they are the reason why I am now in the Ryerson Students Union, and I will not take that credit away from them. But I was given a lot of slack for some of the things that were said on this show by other people. Not slack. You weren't given slack. (laughs) You were given flack. I was given flack. (laughs) Slack would be a good thing if they gave you slack. (laughs) Yeah, I was given flack by by some people that... Uh, things that I've said on the show and things that and the things that other people said on the show that I was associated with, like something that Marsha or I or, or, or yeah or anybody. Um, I just I think that um, you know it, it's it's very biased of me to you know to to take a take a dump on these pro life people when uh, you know I and then say society is too politically correct when I hear people getting mad at like. Rami Malek when he played King Tut in the night at the museum and everybody's like how can they get a white guy to play King Tut and it's like he's not white he's you know, Egyptian yeah. what's so funny I have a really quick thing to add to that so um, that people got so mad no, no not the museum, museum with, ben, with Stiller. ben Stiller yeah so when they got mad oh, okay. about Rami Malek playing uh, King Tut which is actually historically accurate to how King Tut looked so the major historians have yeah. agreed on um, when they released uh, Tut, or I believe it was just called Tut. It was a TV show, a miniseries. Um, they got Avan Jogia, who's um, an oh, actor. Oh, I know who that big, is. Yeah, he's from Victorious. He's Victorious, yeah, the only <laughs> Canadian on the show. Avan Jogia oh, to play yeah. King Tut. He's an Indian guy because it was such an issue. They needed King Tut to be a guy who had dark skin, so they got an Indian guy to play King Tut. Yeah, people are going to criticize everything no matter what. Or like the yeah. Prim, Prim in Hunger Games. That Prim was black. 
Mm-hmm. Everybody got so mad. The that book Krim explicitly was describes that she has black skin. Exactly. Her skin was like I forget exactly what the what it was the book a hazelnut brown. Yeah, that's what, that's what, what they said. Yeah. I was going to say it, black with sunflower seeds. Doesn't it just piss you off that we're living in a world where this is the issues that we talk about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we're yeah. talking about the Hunger Games right <laughs> like now. This, but is, when the, this is the depressing issue stage. right now. Is like like I was I was reading a lot of a lot of criticisms of of Trudeau, and you know, given that I think he deserves a lot of criticism, but this particular one when he gave Malala Yousafzai honorary Canadian citizenship and everybody's like how can you give Malala Yousafzai honorary citizenship when you support the bombing in Syria like correlation like the, yeah. the two don't the two nobody don't. understands what it is people don't understand that there's a civil war in Syria people just think it's like Syria is one like unified thing um, people don't the, understand the that there's a side in the rebels saying, and the how, how, how can you bomb Syria for bombing Syria to tell them not to bomb Syria anymore? Like, no, it's not Syria it's bombing not, Syria. It's not, it's not black and white, essentially. Yeah. And people Definitely, don't understand yeah. it. And these politically illiterate people, they can have opinions if they want, yeah. but the fact that their opinions are given so much credence is ridiculous. Yeah. And on the, on the topic at hand, one thing I've noticed is that Universities, of course, are often on their own plane of existence in terms of ideology and the zeitgeists and um, how how the general population feels. There's a big um, backlash against free speech, I find, against the term free speech. It's become a curse word, I find. And one thing that I find really interesting is the backlash against centrists. I've heard centrists get more stick for being centrists than I've gotten for being a conservative. And so many people on the left just hate centrists for not being left enough. And I find uh, it's it's absolutely terrible that people are not allowed to be moderate. How can you not be allowed to be moderate? Yeah. How silly is that? It's like you so, have to be like a radical, like regressive leftist. SJW left. Well, that, that's have, what you have to be. Either, they, so, either don't tread on me, or like the up the left version. Yeah, if he was that. like either either you don't agree with my opinions, and you're an all right white supremacist Nazi, whatever BS terms they want to use yeah. just to hate on somebody. Or you're regressive. Like or you're a yeah. centrist and you're a Nazi yeah. sympathizer. The thing is, if, yeah. you, if, you're, if you're an activist in one of these political organizations, you almost you almost feel like you have to be more of a radical, or you at least you have to present yourself more of a radical yeah. uh, than you actually, than your believers are, are than you actually are. And that's that's probably why they're trying to pull people who are moderate and centrist right. into either you're with us or against us. Is because if they want to see any sort of political activism going on their side, they have to be more radical, yeah. which is a damn shame. Also, just a 10-second thing for the people mm-hmm. that, you know, think that Trudeau can't be supportive of women's rights in the Middle East and women's education in the Middle East and anything to do with with progress in the Middle East. Has the term geopolitics slipped anybody's <laughs> mind? They... Canada essentially needs to support the states in terms of their, their actions, or else we we get screwed. Yeah. yeah. So I I'd, 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 I'd like people to remember the very wonderful and, topic mm-hmm. of geopolitics. And we do... I, do you have something yeah, quick? Yeah, so, you know, I often hear people on the right, and, I, you know, I think it's very important to criticize my own side, criticizing Trudeau for selling arms to Saudi Arabia whilst um, claiming to be a feminist. I don't, I don't necessarily see anything wrong with that. If we aren't selling arms to Saudi Arabia, somebody else is. But. So we are running low on time. We have about five minutes before uh, I close the show. Um, my last question, very quickly, um, what can one do to be able to express their opinions without being labeled a quote-unquote hater? Uh, just don't be a dick about it. Honestly, if you have an opinion that's ne- that's generally criticized, whether it be from the left or from the right, I think you need to, there's a certain level of professionalism that needs to be maintained. Um, whether or not that level of professional... I, don't, I can't really put it on a scale of 1 to 10 of how professional you need to be, but you know, don't walk around... 
with pictures of dead fetuses and walk up to pro-choice supporters and be like, I hope you all get raped and your mothers should have aborted you all. Um, I think that that's an issue, but if you are a pro-life person, I believe that you have the right to present your topic, and I think you should do so respectfully. Um, coming onto campus and making a lot of people feel unsafe and uncomfortable, you're not getting your point across, you're just making it harder for yourself. And that goes for people on the left, too. I think that... Um, you know, the whole uh, Tommy Lahren is dead party on Twitter and the punch a Nazi party and all that. I think that uh, th that's equally, if not just as bad. Um, uh, lastly, I want to quote uh, what your professor said on the show mm -hmm. about anti-Semitism. Yeah. If you are faced with someone that is an anti-Semite or that you disagree with, just shower them with kindness. Mm. And mm -hmm. as Care Bear and as Snowflake as that sounds, I honestly believe that. And I think that's, that's I'm, the last I'm thing I'm actually inclined to agree. Um, for me, and I hate to sound pessimistic, I, I pride myself on being an optimist. I truly believe that there's no winning a lot of the time. Um, uh, on a university campus specifically, I just think you need to have your points backed up with facts. You need to research and make your arguments irrefutable. If your arguments are not irrefutable, you need to go and find a different stance. Um, and I think that that's the most you could do to mitigate it. I would say definitely do your research and you have the right to get offended 100%, but don't just get offended and then start become thinking irrational like when you're going to have a conversation of any type of political discourse uh, an example i had that with i was being like, not necessarily attacked but i was like talking with four of the girls about pro-abortion and pro-choice and stuff like that and instead of me just being like oh i can't believe you guys think this or something like that i backed up all my arguments in whatever way i deemed like pro uh possible so an example i, I, I did that philosophically politically um and just backing it up with anything that I've read in any literature. And that's it. I just do your research and, yeah, just hopefully don't end in violence. Read a book. Like mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Read a book. Yeah, so um, I yeah. think nice being nice always helps. But uh, the, still the case is that just certain topics on university campuses are just off topic. And if you go there, you're still going to get, you know, you're going to get that uh, pushback that uh, attempts to censor no matter how nice you are. I think if you're a student, you're just, you just you just got to keep going at it. You know, form clubs if it's something that you're very uh, passionate about. And you know, we need more free speech clubs, and it looks like it's going that way. And besides that, uh, another big issue is just student unions have just had a stranglehold for quite a long time, especially you know at York and um, lots of schools in GTA. It's important to make that an issue during elections. And besides that, I'm actually kind of optimistic because I, if you look at the sort of new generation that will be coming in to universities, you know, the generation uh, generation Z, mm -hmm. who are like now high school students, they're more conservative. They're, these they're, days. Mm -hmm. They are more conservative, but it's like right more guys. than that, they're very politically <laughs> incorrect, right? They're yeah. the they th that's their form of rebellion. Yeah, mm -hmm. they didn't uh, eat up all the things that the media is talking about to these people. Yeah, really. because because the, they've never actually experienced it and never seen it because it's not because real. we live it in the we live in the least yeah. racist part of the world in the least yeah. racist time ever. It's funny to just poke fun at that. Yes, mm -hmm. and so <laughs> these people will be coming in. They're the, they're the generation that made Milo as huge mm -hmm. as he is. And so I'm actually optimistic. And, you know, this fight's happening, so get involved in it. And I think it's eventually going to, you know, turn in our favor and, you know, just have fun along the mm -hmm. way. Well, my policy is just uh, speak truth to power and just say what you want to say and never hold back what you're feeling what your opinions are now of course you need to situate yourself in a manner where you say you say something to the best of your ability the best way you possibly can and that's just a personal thing um, you need to build that up as you go throughout your life you need to build up virtue you need to build up character 
but never feel afraid to silence, never feel afraid to speak power to truth and to say what you want to say. Because the moment you begin to silence yourself, the moment you begin to to doubt whether or not you should say what you want to say, let's put it that way. The moment you say that is the moment you silence, is the moment you begin to tear away at your soul, who you fundamentally are. Because everything that I say and everything that I do is an expression of who I am as a person. And yeah, I might do bad things, I might do wrong things, and yeah, it might not be incorrect. But you, at the end of the day, I try. I put myself out there and I try to be the best person I can possibly be. And I learn through experience, I, I'm challenged, and in a free market, people disagree with me, and we argue, and we debate with each other, and I try to put myself the best way I can, but at the end of the day, I never try to silence myself, because there's already a lot of people who want to silence me, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just for disagreeing with them. The moment I silence myself is the moment I silence who I am fundamentally as a being. I like that. Great. Um, we have Great one more comment that yeah, I just want to draw attention to. Yep. Uh, it's from Laura Jen again. Uh, she says, Adam, the problem is that certain rational evidence-based arguments are considered hateful and violent. I totally disagree with you, but thank you for keeping mature and articulate. Smiley face. Can, uh, I, I have to practice what I preach in terms yeah. of being mature and articulate. No, it's so. awesome. Even if we yeah. disagree with each other at the end yeah, of the day, no, we I'm, I'm happy to talk like, about like, issues. See, yeah, yeah, I've, I've even like gotten that. heat for the comment section of this show. Mm -hmm. so <laughs> I've think, gotten heat from people who are from the right and the left, people yeah. who are legitimately bad and people who are uh, just so, decent. <laughs> yeah. um, heat from everyone. Great. It's fine. Thank you to everybody. Yeah, for yeah thank thank you. You. thanks so yeah. much. It was a great show. Fantastic show. It was Never a great show. Yeah. I do have to close the show now. Um, it's going to be difficult. It's the last one. Uh, so that was our last show of the year. Um, after 25 great episodes totaling over 9,000 wow. views on Facebook, the Rabin Report tackled some great topics and hopefully triggered discussion. Um, I want to thank today's guests firstly uh, for coming on. Thank you, Jay. Thank, thank you, Priyank. You, you really you. made Appreciate this that. show uh, really great for its I, last episode. I hope I was as articulate as I possibly can. Oh, no, you no, were you very articulate. Yeah. Definitely. These are, these, are tough these are tough issues to tackle. Yeah. yeah. So it's hopeful. Hopefully and we're glad that you could way. be on the show to thank tackle them with us. Yeah. Thanks um, for having us. Thanks for having us. So now I want to thank everyone that tuned in and that messaged us live over the past two seasons. Um, but I also want to thank um, Marshall, Adam, and Daniel for signing on to this show when it was only an idea. Uh, you guys really do an incredible job of not only educating our audiences on certain issues, um, but me personally as well. I learn a lot from you guys um, on these issues and... You're all incredibly smart, well-spoken, and I'm very privileged uh, to have you on this show. So Not thank you, guys. Privilege. Yeah, I don't know about white privilege, but uh, thank, you, thank you, Elliot, yeah, for being you. such a great yeah, host, yeah. and thank you for bringing us all together. It's been a yeah. fantastic yeah. experience. Yeah, and, uh, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really happy I met yeah. these guys, and uh, I'm glad it was... It's always great to be able to have yeah. you talk and express yeah. your opinions. I learned a lot, yeah. and it's really helped me with yeah. my with my articulation, my confidence, and it's everything. Made me a better, sure, exactly. It made, definitely made me a better person. Yeah. It definitely made me a less hateful person. And, yeah, I'm just I'm so glad that we could do this. Um, now, lastly, uh, before you go, we go, do you guys want to mention like very quickly your favorite episodes over the past eight months? Just the episode itself. Live uh, election coverage. Live election. Yeah, coverage. for sure. For yeah. me, Watching me get triggered, seeing Donald Trump losing, winning all of those states is pretty hilarious. No, for me, <laughs> just that one point that we all see Florida getting called wrong. Yeah. Like, 
<laughs> we have this exactly. moment of like realization. But I think my favorite episode was definitely uh, our sexual assault episode. Just for that mm-hmm. one moment, we were like, "Oh yeah, I want to respect women yeah. so hard." Yeah. <laughs> like I've just re- been replaying that and thinking about that in my head. Is it go if she consented or yeah, the things, yeah, or the things I would do to her if I had consent? Um, I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I just think that that, that was, was one of my favorite moments on the show. And um, yeah, that's <laughs> definitely a good one. Yeah. Um, did if you guys watch the show before any episodes? No, no. Uh, the, yeah, I like the last one, the uh, the one on sexual assault. That was very informative. Oh, this is the only you. episode I've ever watched. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's okay. Then it's yeah. your favorite. It's yeah. good. It's my favorite. Yeah. Um, yeah. And That's if it's not your favorite, I'm a little concerned. We're yeah. doing something wrong. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, the Robin Report will hopefully be back next uh, September with brand new shows at hopefully the same time and definitely the same people. Signing off for the Robin Report. I'm Elliot Rabin.